welcome to another episode of 30 Minutes with DailyStraits.com. This is your host, June Romley. Our guest today is Stanley Henry of The Attention Seeker. Founded in 2019, The Attention Seeker is an expert digital marketing agency in New Zealand, focusing exclusively on LinkedIn for B2B reputation building and lead generation. Co-founded by Henry, a former services experience general manager in the F- and F&B director, with over 15 years experience from which he has developed a deep expertise and skills in the service delivery industry. In September 2019, 40.8% of all New Zealanders were on LinkedIn, translating to just over 2 million users. In January 2021, the total number of LinkedIn users in New Zealand had grown to 2.3 million. In Australia, over 37% of that population, or 10 million people, are registered as LinkedIn users, with more than half logging in every month to the site. So without further ado, let's bring Stanley to the show and ask him about the benefits of having a well-set-up LinkedIn account. Hi, Stanley. Thank you for joining us and welcome to the show. How are you today? Yeah, thanks for having me, June. Really uh, appreciate you having me here. I'm doing really well today. Um, Keeping busy. Awesome. So let us dive right into the question. So you were from uh, previously a hotelier and then Mm. you came back from overseas and then you were wondering what to do, right? And then you sort of stumbled on this um, LinkedIn kind of thing you set up your first LinkedIn account and then what happened how did the business side of it come about like how did you get a start yeah good question so um, as a hotelier and a general manager um, you do generally manage a hotel and so you do need to know how to do every facet of the business so um, one big part of um, a business in, in hotel is corporate clients and event business and so as part of learning how to find new clients I've stumbled upon using LinkedIn as a tool to do that in the hotels that's what taught me how to use LinkedIn to generate business and build a brand Um, and then when I moved back to New Zealand to start my own business I was still trying to figure out where what value I could add to the marketplace and so I met a lot of people I was having you know five or six coffees with different people each day a networking event every night and that led into me fi- um, having people ask me, Stanley, how are you finding all these people to talk to and connecting with people and stuff? And I said, well, I'm obviously using LinkedIn. How else do you do it? And a lot of people looked at me blankly and said, like, isn't that for recruitment? Like, why, why would you be using LinkedIn to find clients? And that's when I realized that New Zealand, at least, uh, was a little bit behind the times of the rest of the world um, and where they were using LinkedIn. And so I realized that there's probably something here. And then that evolved over time to more and more people. And then I eventually realized that what I did for myself in terms of building my personal brand, putting out content um, and and connecting with people and building communities, I could turn that into a, a product that I could execute on behalf of other people. And so we just built a team around us. Um, and slowly um, brought on more and more people to help me do that. And uh, yeah, and then that sort of just kicked off pretty much from lockdown last year to today. It's just taken off. So who's uh, the other founder? Her name is Carrie, right? How did she get about into the business? Uh, Claire. So no, Claire's my partner. She's my um, 
she's my my girlfriend and my partner and so we moved here together from uh, Australia and originally she started off when we first moved to New Zealand she was doing um, working as a mortgage broker um, and then as my business started to sort of blossom we, we sort of made the decision that look it's better that our efforts are combined and and we both work solely on this one business given how well it's going um, and so pretty much from about March this year she's come full-time over to us um, but yeah, and that's how I'll say she's a lot in the background of the business. She's not as attention seeking as I am. Um, so, so she's out of the background helping me out with all the operations. All right. So in 2019, right? So tell us like, you know, from the time you started doing this coffee meetups and all that, right? And the time you decided to start a business. So what was, who was your first client? Like, how did that happen? Yeah, my, I didn't get my first real client until... January 2020 and so from October to January um, and I got that through all the networking that I'd done through LinkedIn so I met a bunch of people and they invited me to networking events and I met a particular gentleman um, who we're still his name's Yusuke we're still really close now they do work for us still and we do work for them uh, and he became my first client in that space in the LinkedIn space and I didn't get another client until March so it was like a, a long gap between him and the next client. And then lockdown happened and I didn't, and I lost, and I just started to bring on some more clients and they're all about to pay their invoices and lockdown happened. And uh, I didn't get another client until May. So it was like a really long, and then from May, it's, I mean, it's been really busy since May. It just, it just started to snowball. But that first client was just from networking through LinkedIn, using LinkedIn to meet people and them introducing me to other people until I finally met Yusuke who, who came on board. Awesome. Okay, tell me what about your, why focus on LinkedIn? You did say they were behind, right? But there are mm. other stuff like Instagram <laughs> and, mm. you know, but what's, what was the LinkedIn? Why, why on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's a really good question and something we often speak about. Um, so link, every social platform has its audience and the same person can be on each platform and they're a different audience when they're on each of those platforms. So the way you use Instagram is not necessarily the same way that you use LinkedIn or TikTok or even YouTube. And so when people are on LinkedIn, they are, well, they have their professional hat on, you know, they're, they're, they're portraying themselves as a professional out in the workplace. And that's the audience that I was trying to find. And it's the audience that my clients are trying to find. So if your audience are, you know, business professionals, business owners, people in the capacity of their work, then LinkedIn is a very good place to do that. And the data or the clean cleanliness of the data is really good. So we're on Facebook, many people or Instagram, they can put all sorts of job titles and things that don't really matter because it's a bit of fun. But on LinkedIn, you can't really do that. It really does have to be your real job and what you're really doing, which means as when you're trying to find people, it's much easier to find the people you want to talk to and build an audience with. So fundamentally, that's why we choose LinkedIn, because the audience is there. And that's the audience that we want to speak to is there and the audience that my customers want to speak to is there. Okay, so you are now focusing on B2B organizations, right? Like, mm. is it because, uh, and then... Um, what would be the three top reasons a B2B organization would want to hire you? Like, you know, why would they want to take you? Because posting stuff on LinkedIn, anyone can do it. Like, you know, you just yeah. write something and then you just post it and then put a photo or a video. But why, why hire your company? Yeah, yeah, good question. I mean, 
we obviously have to answer this a lot to our customers, but um, it really comes down to two things, actually. And, and I think it, it's a lot in most organizations, it's time and money. And we only have limited amounts of both of them. And where do you want to spend those to get the return that you need? So most people come to us when either they need to find a lot of new business fast, you know, they may have a gap to fill in the market, or they may have lost some sales or whatever. So there's a people who need business quickly. Um, and then there's people who want to build brand for long term, who are doing well now, but want to build that brand for the long term, so they continue to do well in the future. And those are the two main reasons to come to us, but it's to save them time and money. So anyone can post, um, of course they can, it's, it's not hard, actually LinkedIn makes it very easy to do so. But it takes a lot of time to learn how to write good posts and how to come up with all the themes and the pillars and the conversations that you want to have, getting photos and video and all the things that you want to do. That takes a lot of time. Or you can use money to do it instead and buy back your time. And that's essentially the way we look at it. That we are not for everyone. There are some businesses that are a lot smaller who actually you don't have the money, but you do have the time. So for those businesses, we often teach them and we give them lots of stuff. We don't charge them. We're pretty open. We have a lot of playbooks and guides on how to do what we do. So to your point where can't everyone do it? Yeah, they can. And we actually help people do it themselves. We're trying to look for people who want to buy time back and we're trying to save them time so they can keep doing what they do best or go home to their loved ones at night and, and, and hand over that responsibility to us to help, you know, build their brand for them. Awesome. So in the Instagram world, we can buy followers. Uh, what about in LinkedIn? Yeah, interesting question. Um, so I don't know, actually, if you can. I'm assuming you probably can, because why wouldn't you be able to? You can do it on Instagram and everything else. I guess maybe the better question is, if you could, why is it bad? And it's a real interesting point, because a lot of people look at buying followers on Instagram as a bad thing, like, is inauthentic and it's not real and it's cheating, but it depends, I guess, on your aims. What are your aims? Some influencers, for instance, their goal is to build as big an audience as possible. So brands pay them to post. So it's just a very good investment to buy followers and it, it can work in the snowball sort of effect. But it, and it's no real different to advertisers or companies buying advertisement placements or influencers to do stuff right you're essentially buying the influencers audience when you give them money to post about your brand so i don't know if you can on linkedin no one's ever approached me but i'm not opposed to it i wouldn't do it myself because it doesn't suit my aims my aims isn't to get a big following my aims to get a really engaged following and um, because i'm looking for b2b clients i'm not looking for people to buy shoes off of me i'm looking for them to you know our clients spend twenty, forty, fifty thousand dollars a year with us, not two hundred dollars for a new pair of Nikes. So, I think it all depends on your aims. But look, yeah, to answer your question quickly, I'm not sure if you can do it on LinkedIn, but I'm assuming you could find someone who would pay, who would take your money to do it. <laughs> yeah, but they don't do it on. I mean, it's not um, advisable to do it on Instagram because these are all robots, right? You buy robots or yeah. inactive accounts, stuff yeah. like that. You do, so but. What it does is it tricks the psychology of other followers to go, oh, they've got lots of followers that I'm going to follow too. So it's a, it's a, it's used as like a base point to, I got a lot of followers, I, I should follow too. And that's human psychology. We want to follow the crowd. We're all, um, it, it's real natural human behavior to follow the crowd. So by buying followers over time, 
and showing other people that hey this person's following is growing yeah. um that's that's why it can be used but look i don't it's not that i agree with it i just depending on your your goals i can see why some people do okay so can you tell me this b2b clients are they all tech or what kind of industry are they in Nah, not really um actually a lot of tech companies uh, tech companies only make a, a small portion of our portfolio so um a lot of them are professional services so accountants coaches um people inside the stress and mindfulness um space people who like education companies lots of education companies actually a big part of our segment um, there is you know mortgage advisors there's uh insurance um so a lot of professional services on that side manufacturing um, businesses as well people who manufacture um products for other businesses and things like that so tech companies are there but often tech companies are looking for scale mm -hmm. and so they just run ad campaigns which is good because that's what they're looking to do they're looking for small um lots and lots of clients paying them a small amount every month whereas most of our clients the majority of them are looking for a small amount of clients paying them a lot of money at once um so there's two different ways to do it ads are better off when you want volume and that's one thing we can help people with um but a lot of our clients are people who only need a few clients every year maybe 5 or 10 clients every year but each client's paying them you know 1 2 300,000. Okay, tell me about um um is your company looking at doing other social media platforms? It looks like you're just doing LinkedIn at the moment. But there's a huge wave on TikTok right now. Everybody's into TikTok, you mm. know, and it um it's kind of engaging and this i had i read a report that says that 1 billion users are on tiktok alone so are you into that or is this going to be linkedin for now yeah look it's an interesting thing to think about so and we will one of the big goals of our company is to find the cheapest attention we can right that's the whole point of the name attention seeker seek out cheap attention and tiktok is by far one of the cheapest places to find attention um however there is again time versus money and so for us we didn't have the time or the money to invest in tiktok to start with um and linkedin was providing enough of a return to begin with but yeah look absolutely um we do want to do more things on more platforms tiktok being one of them i know that the the guys in my team uh have been joking about how they will start to do some stuff i think they're going to start pranking me on it or something like that but they'll uh you know there is a way and it's a different audience and it's a different style of content to linkedin will we do it for other customers i don't i'm not sure we we do create a lot of content so if a client came to us and said hey i want to create content for tiktok um then yeah look we probably would if they're willing to pay us for that but you know there's a i think personally it's good for us to be on all platforms so you know we we put stuff out on youtube we put stuff on instagram and facebook um tiktok will eventually come and obviously linkedin we're everywhere uh but doing it for other clients i think it's really important to stick to a niche i think that in a business if you try to do everything you do you do it you do nothing essentially so it's better to do one thing really well than lots of things mediocre but you never know we might grow big enough that we have enough people in the team to to be able to do every different social media properly um but yeah look it's just one of those things i'm not opposed to it it's just not yet on the horizon to do it for other companies yeah okay. so tell me how does your company charges like you know like if a client comes to you right and um and says okay i think you haven't delivered <laughs> do you have money back guarantees that kind of thing because 
in the Instagram world, a lot of Instagram influencers have been called out to be bogus people. So I'm not sure how it is on LinkedIn, you know? Yeah, we, we definitely do. And I think reputation and brand is too important for us to not do it. So for instance, a lot of our clients um, sign on with us because of me or someone in my team that they have a personal connection with because of the brand that we're building on LinkedIn, our personal brands. And if that personal brand was to be tarnished, that would really um, slow down our ability to onboard new clients into the future. So if we didn't deliver for a client or they didn't think that we delivered for them in any which way, uh, we would be more than happy to give their money back. And in the early days when I first started, um, I had to do that once before a client wasn't they didn't feel comfortable with what we were doing. They got a bit scared because they're putting themselves out there on LinkedIn and then they sort of got cold feet about it. So we had done all the work and we're, we started putting their content out. They asked us to stop. And I just said, look, we have only done two weeks. Here's your money back. Like, I, I just want to, I, I don't want you to feel like you've been ripped off. They ended up saying to me, hey, let's just split the difference and go half, half. You've done some work already. So I'm more than happy to give the money back if the client doesn't think I'm doing the work um, that they paid for. But luckily, it hasn't really happened to us. Um, and I think it's really important to set expectations at the start of the engagement with clients. You know, what is it that you think you're getting from this money you're spending with me? What is it that you need in return? And a really big part of our discovery sessions with clients at the beginning is to determine that, really understand what their aims are. What are you trying to do? What are you trying to achieve? And how can we help you do that? And try not to overpromise. You know, we try not to say, they might ask for all these things. Oh, I want a hundred new clients in a month. I'm like, okay, well, I can't help you do that. If you can find someone who can, let me know because I'll, I'll do business with them too because I want that. But, you know, just be, make them more realistic to say, hey, this is what I'm, I'm confident in delivering this. And often our clients will ask us for some form of guarantee to say, okay, Stan, I would like to have 20 meetings with potential clients over the next two months. Okay, I think I can do that for you. So, I'm willing to guarantee that if we can't, I'll work for free to get it or we'll find out a way to do a refund um, so that you feel comfortable and you can walk away. So yeah, I'm happy to do it. We just got to set those real clear expectations at the beginning so each party knows what they're getting into. Okay, so how do they, how do, they do business with you? You give them a free consultation for an hour, you map up everything and then you tell them what's the fees. Do they need to sign like a contract with you for 12 months retainer? Like how do you work? Yeah, good question. So, so we start off with whenever I meet new people to start with and they want to talk about us helping, I always just ask a series of questions so I can get to understand the problem that they're facing. Often when, when we talk to them at the beginning, it's a part of what we just spoke about, understanding their aims. Sometimes they don't have a problem of leads and marketing and brand they have a problem with sales so it's it's a good filtration to be able to say hey you need to go do that but then with our clients once we do have them on and we know all their all the problems that they have so we obviously that's free they haven't signed a contract at that point we'll come back with a proposal to show them to say hey these are the things that we will do um, and then we initially um, sign people up for six months so we always say ask people to commit to six months um, it, we say it usually takes that as a minimum to start to see returns from a, a branding campaign um, and an ad campaign. And then we just have a monthly retainer that they work on. And so obviously our goal is to do as great a job as we can in there to keep them on long-term and, um, and, and work with them continuously. But then 
what we do is also always start with the minimum amount of work to do with the client. We don't try to tell clients to do too much too soon. A lot of clients will come to us, you know, they want to be famous or they want to be their brand really big and they want to do a podcast and this and that and this. And we say like, you can't do that yet. You have no audience. Like we need to build this up slowly. Otherwise you're just going to spend a lot of money with us and I'll take your money, but it's not going to give you the outcome that you're looking for. So let's start small and steady steps and we'll build up over time. And as you build your audience and your reputation online, we can add in a podcast and we can add in video and we can add in this and that and this. Um, and so it slowly builds up over time. Okay. So for someone who does want to do things on their own, um, what would be some of your tips for a well-kept LinkedIn account? You see, LinkedIn is very expensive, especially if you want to go premium. Even the cheapest mm. one is $59 mm. a month. Yeah. And a lot of people have the free accounts. and. Yep. I don't know. Could you just tell us maybe the benefits of going, you know, of doing some stuff on free? Do, do you, all your clients that you sign up with, are they all on premium? Or you yeah. Can, yeah. We, we, when you sign up with us, we subscribe you to Sales Navigator as part of your retainer with us. So we, we pay for that for our clients. And it is expensive. And what I say to people trying to do it themselves is I say, first of all, try to do everything we're going to teach you for, for, on the free account because you can do most of it on the free account, you'll eventually start to get um, notifications from LinkedIn saying, hey, you've reached limits. If you continue to get those limits, then get a free trial. So LinkedIn will always give you a free trial for at least one month. Um, if you know some people like me, if you ask me, I can. Uh, we've got referral codes for two months and stuff like that because we do a lot with LinkedIn. So you could get two months to trial it. If you continue to keep using it that much for that two months, then it makes sense to subscribe. But most people don't use it enough to warrant spending the money on premiums. So I try to tell most people, cancel your, your premium subscription. You're probably not using it. You can do a lot on the free account. Um, so that'd be my first advice around the premiums. Only get it if you need it. Don't just jump into it because everyone else has it. Um, the second thing I think on LinkedIn is it's, it's all about connections. It's all about building your audience and it's a mutual connection. So when you ask someone to connect with you, they have to accept that connection, which means that they're essentially saying to you, yep, I would like to connect with you and build both of our networks, right? So it's, it's a very different to Instagram where you follow someone and maybe they follow you back or maybe not. So on LinkedIn, you can curate your audience. And I highly recommend this to people. I, what I don't recommend is connecting with people and try to sell to them straight away in the messages. You know, that doesn't work. A lot of people get annoyed with that when you connect with them and you send them a big long message afterwards trying to sell them some product. That's That doesn't work. And if you think about networking events, when you're at a real person networking event, you don't do that to people in person. So don't do it to them on online. Instead, what we try to say is just find and search for the type of people that you want to have conversations with and try start conversations with them. So try to build that network up, build your connections, you know, don't overdo it. Just build the ones that are quality. And then once you are connected with them, start commenting and engaging with them on LinkedIn. You know, put up your own post, do as many as you can. We try to say do at least one a day, Monday to Friday. Not everyone can do that, but just try to be consistent. But more importantly, just comment on other people's posts. People don't realize how powerful that is on LinkedIn. By commenting on someone else's post, all of your audience or a lot of your audience is going to see that you commented. It's, LinkedIn's going to show them because that's the way LinkedIn uses its 
uh, content. So on Instagram, if you comment on someone's post, Instagram doesn't tell me that my follower commented. It just shows me other people's posts. But on LinkedIn, if I go onto my newsfeed, it'll show me a post that one of my followers commented on and it'll tell me that they commented. So that's really powerful. So then my followers start to see me commenting on other people's stuff and they can then engage in that conversation as well. And, you know, it can go back and forth. So that's the second thing I would do is once you've connected people, start engaging with them, put out content, comment. And then the third and final thing on LinkedIn that most people are too scared or nervous to do is to ask people for an actual coffee or video call or, or anything like that. It's a professional environment. If you're at a networking event in person and you say to someone, hey, we should grab a coffee next week, they will probably say, yeah, let's do it. You know, let's, what's your calendar look like? Let's book in some time. And the same applies on LinkedIn. If you've built up this professional relationship with someone on the platform, and then you reach out to them and say, hey, would you like to actually grab a real coffee or in today's COVID world, if you want to, you know, jump on a call and have a video call, most people will say yes. And, you know, we can show from our data that it's upwards of 90% that will say yes to that invitation to have a virtual call or a coffee with you. And by doing that, you're, you're strengthening the community that you're building on LinkedIn. And those people will start to tell their friends about you and their colleagues and things like that. And you start to build that brand and that audience. So a big part of what we tell our clients to do is we can connect you with people. We can put out your content. We can help build your brand, but we can't speak for you. We can't be the one having those copies for you. Um, you need to do that part. And so we help them facilitate that. But by doing all of those three things, I mean, you can build a really successful business on LinkedIn with very few followers, you know, like a lot of our clients only have one to 4,000 followers and they have, you know, they're generating one to $4 million worth of business off the platform every year, just because they are the right type of people they need to speak to. Awesome. Okay. So tell me about your company's proudest moment today, because this is a new company. It's only like two years old. So this is good for you for testimonial, like one company that came to you with really in a bad shape and then you help them and then now they're doing really well thanks to you so any yeah any yeah we've got a few but one that comes to mind quickly is um a client of ours called drew drew Knowles. so drew's company is a global company they're based out of the us um but drew is one of the um owners of the business lives here in new zealand and he came to me saying that he has no digital presence he because it's covid and lockdowns and stuff he couldn't travel so he needed a way of connecting with an audience whilst not leaving his home in Auckland and so we started working with them late last year started developing his brand and putting out content and whatnot and that turned into the a point where he was able to start doing virtual events and come back to real events earlier this year when we went in lockdown and it grew his business here in New Zealand so much that the US side of the company who, so we helped them create an event because that's part of what we do as well. We help them create an event, develop it, market it. The money that he earned from that event then helped pay for our marketing for him. So it was like a win-win situation. And his team in the US thought, man, that's such, that's been working so well. We want to do the same. So now we have three of their team um, that we're managing their profiles, helping them uh, market. I think it's about six events a month that they're now doing throughout US, Australia, New Zealand. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been huge. It's been such a big part of it. We essentially are doing all their marketing for them now. And 
it's been really helpful for this company because they are so used to traveling. They're so used to going to every city, meeting people, holding these small little webinar, uh, sort of uh, educational events, and then signing up clients through that process. Whereas we were able to help them do this digitally and build a brand professionally um, online, take their in-person reputation, which they have really good ones, and, and transfer that online. So it's been a real success. And I mean, they've been with us now a little bit over a year. And as I said, we've got three of them, the CEO included. Um, and from that, actually, because we have a lot of similar clients, uh, term, like similar styles of clients, I've been able to refer them a lot of business from my clients who needed their help and vice versa. They've been able to um, refer me a lot of clients. So it's been a real proud moment because I built a really close friendship with Drew um, and we've obviously helped both each other build each other's businesses by one, us doing our job with him and him by referring a lot of his clients to us, which has been great. Awesome. Okay. One final question, Stanley, what do you think about Snapchat? <laughs> uh, look, Snapchat, I've never used it. So I've used, I use most, um, most social medias. I don't have any problem with Snapchat, but when I guess it was at its peak, I uh, wasn't using it a lot. I wasn't using a lot of social media at the time. Yeah, but do, do um, companies need to care about Snapchat in today's world? Yeah, well, that's, I guess I was thinking is probably not. Like, I guess if you're really big and, you, and you've got multi-channels you need to do, there's a certain size when, yes, it makes sense to spend that money on Snapchat. I think for a lot of smaller to medium-sized businesses, it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't think you have, I think there's better ways to spend that money than Snapchat. But like everything in life, there's a diminishing returns. So if you're doing Google and Facebook and LinkedIn and all these things, at some point, you're going to get a diminishing return for your money spent in those platforms. Snapchat then might be the better place to put your money. You might get a lot more return on that money um, because you've already saturated all the other platforms. So my answer is most people know for the guys who have saturated all the other platforms, then yeah, you may as well It'll probably get your better return than what you're currently doing on other platforms if you spent more there. Awesome. So that is all the time that we have for today. We have just been speaking to the co-founder of the attention seeker, Stanley Henry. Thank you, Stanley, for joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Jane, for having me. I really appreciate it. The pleasure is all ours. Be sure to join us soon as we interview another awesome entrepreneur from across the Tasman. Thank you very much.